Do you really have your shit together? This week, we're cracking open a bottle of red wine and talking with someone who really does. Join me as I chat with the queen of the SOP and the fastest rising superstar in the mobile DJ community. Sips and ish, let's go. I'm here with Kristen Wilson. Kristen, how you doing? Hello. How are you tonight? Good, great. We are both opening up our wines. We're going to do a little bit of a uh, wine night tonight. We've got Amarone from Italy, an Italian red. I got mine. How'd you do? Did it? you hear that cork? I couldn't be any more excited. That's awesome. I. It's been a little while since I've had red wine. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yes. So you're live just, I have just my... from outside of Orlando, Florida? I sure am. And the weather was absolutely gorgeous today. It was. Actually. It wasn't it wasn't hot. It wasn't rainy. Um and I actually got to wear um a hoodie today, so it was great. Nice. Cheers. Cheers, friend. So glad to have you here. Um I did some spying on you. Looking forward to the chat here. Um, so I guess I'm going to get right into it because like, I have so many questions for you. First of all, I want to say that you're like my business crush, like everything you do. I'm like, fuck, why didn't I do that? And then you stop like, it. What the hell? <laughs> I can't deal with that. No, but for real, for real, like, uh, not just, uh, not insincere flattery. It's 100% sincere, big fan of what you're doing. And that's why I wanted to have you here. And that's why I begged you and begged you and begged you to be on my podcast. It wasn't that hard to beg. I just saved the link and I was like, okay, now I need to do this. Let's go. So let's start about, I guess, like, let's just talk about your beginnings as a DJ. So I know you started in the early 2000s with a company before you were with our DJ Rocks. Tell me a little bit about that, the start, and, and how that transpired. Honestly, it was so weird how I even got kind of involved in this. A friend of mine was kind of in this world, um, and... He was doing some training at a company that he started working for in Orlando because he was from New York. And so he was looking for a company to work for here. And in the training session, I went just because I was like, okay, cool. We were going to go do something afterwards. And I went up to the guy who was training because everything they were talking about, no matter if it was music or whatever, I was like, oh, this is like so cool. Can chicks do this? And so I walked up and I asked him and he's like, absolutely. Chicks can do this. Um, especially chicks with great personality. Why are you wanting to do this? And I'm like, it seems fun. Can you teach me? And so that's just kind of where it all began. And what was that company name? Uh, it was Mark Burgess Productions. It's it's um it's a company here locally in Orlando. He's still one of my mentors to this day. Um, and even still, you'll see him kind of comment on my stuff and say that you know I was I was his I don't know what he calls it, but his greatest something or another. I don't really know. And uh, for everybody just kind of listening here, I know we're like a couple minutes in. I want to get started just by saying we are talking to Kristen Wilson from Orlando, Florida, owner of our DJ Rocks, our photo booth Rocks. She's got really strong brands. And I, like I said before, she's my business crush. So we're going to talk all about that. And I kind of want to nail down or like kind of like nail into the fact that you asked, can a chick do this? Because especially that was like, what, 2004, 2005-ish? something like that somewhere between like 2005 and 2007 is when I kind of like started dabbling in it okay and and I do feel like this is an old boys club like the DJ industry or at least it was I feel like it's shifting and that's a good thing and maybe you're the leader behind that and if so kudos but and this is like I don't want to say this coming off the wrong way but I feel like perhaps in the past 10 years ago 15 years ago a girl who had marginal skills could be considered successful because potentially she was female. And, and I was like, oh, that's cute, which is not my take on it whatsoever. But I feel like the fact that you're successful isn't because you're female. It might have something to do with it. It's just you're smart as fuck and you've got great business sense. Like you would thrive no matter what. So I, I mean, take that as you want. Hopefully it's not insulting at all. No, I got, I have pretty thick, thick skin. What I will say though, is like from the very beginning, like 
I, I wasn't really taken seriously because I was young and I was blonde and some people would um, consider me cute. I really don't even like to say that, but so I feel like in my mind, stepping out into this, this old boys club, I was like, no, I'm going to lead with my brains, not my looks. And that was kind of just my approach from the beginning is I just, I, I wanted to be taken seriously. So like, even when I started to grow the team a little bit, I would, you know, there were certain rules where like, um, I mean, I don't know how really PG we wanted to be, but like one of my first no, we're, rules we're, we're when I had my very, we're all here. Yeah, one of my very first employees um, and even my interns, I was like, no cleavage ladies. Like you can't even show that at all. Like I need them looking here and nothing. I don't need any distractions whatsoever. So like, you know, it, there definitely were some challenges in the beginning to make sure that, um, you know, I was taken seriously, my company was taken seriously. Um, you know, I think I still carry that to this day a little bit. No, you do. And that's, I, and again, I, I did try my best. I'm not the best verbal wordsmith here, but I did want to like do my best to pay homage to you and not insult you in my opening statement there. And I think that is a huge testament to you, like in terms of, you know, okay, like a lot of female driven DJ business or DJ um, characters or just DJs in general would go the cleavage route because it's going to get them some initial success. But that's probably not going to lead to longevity, which is where your goal is. Well, and I think too, you know, when you look at it, a lot of, a lot of the really, well, I don't want to say a lot. Cause I mean, I, I definitely know some talented freaking females oh, across yeah. the U S at this point in time. So I, there's no way you can even put them in a box anymore, but you know, I think at one point in time, um, the box that a female DJ did fit in was nightlife. And that was, that was just kind of like the way they went, you know what I mean? It, it, and if you did see a female in the private event space, like, the look, it was just different. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. No, I get it. And, and our DJ rocks. We didn't say this in the beginning. You guys are an all female company as of now, at least with the RDJ rocks brand. And, and was that when you started conceptualizing what your DJ brand was going to be, was that intentional or did you just surround yourself with friends and people you trusted that happened to be female? bro i jumped off a cliff <laughs> i saw a meme somebody posted a meme on social media i think it was yesterday and it said the definition of an entrepreneur was jumping off the cliff and building the plane on your way down that's exactly <laughs> what i did now i don't do that now because like you know there's been lots of life lessons where i'm like oh really shouldn't be building that plane on the way down you know what i mean like um but no i i really where it came down to is the same question that I asked my mentor is the same question that females were asking me. And it came to the point where it was just the people that I was surrounding myself with. It was like, Hey, this chick is cool. I'd love to hang out with her for a 15 hour day. I just need 10 fingers to be like, Hey, go move this up. Like, Hey, go tell this wedding planner to do this. Like, Hey, move that speaker. Like I just needed an assistant. And so, you know, my first few DJs, truly and honestly like they learned on the job like if you ask my dj gabby now like there was no training program at all you know yeah no i mean that's the way i have been too uh, and i feel like entrepreneurship like you said um what is it jump off the cliff and build the plane later i say yeah name later that's it's the same kind of sense um yeah when you're starting you just have a vision or you have a sense of hey i want to do this for myself i want to make a living off of it i believe that i can do it and let, let's just fucking go and then kind of learn from your mistakes and refine from there but, literally let's fucking go <laughs> but yeah let's have a sip of wine here um pretty good I, I am not a wine – I'm not a sommelier or a wine expert whatsoever. I know what I like and I do enjoy this. How about you? This one's actually really good. It does have a little bit of sweetness to it, but it's still dry. So I like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm usually a Cabernet guy, but this – I don't know. I, I got it. I saw it in in, uh, in our Pennsylvania state stores. We're not open like uh, Florida is, unfortunately. And it was a uh... – Yeah, it's wild over here. Not really. We're still wearing masks. So, like, everyone calm down. Don't at me. <laughs> It's yeah, you guys have been wide open and then and, and that's that's we don't need that discussion today. So that's fine. Well, you, you know what? It's funny. I think the challenges that we've had because we've been wide open is the fact that like, 
you know, other states are kind of looking to us like, okay, what are they doing to stay safe because they are open? You know what I mean? So, you know, we've, we've made some guidelines and I've been a part of the um, National Association of Catering and Events on the Florida COVID Task Force to kind of put those together and be like, okay, you know, Orlando event professionals, here's our guidelines. Like, you know, let's all promote and create safe events as much as we possibly can. Of course. So, yeah, I mean, there's a big difference between being open and flaunting it and recognizing that you have the, um, that you're, a, that you're gracefully enough for to be open and having events, not being shut down like a lot of us. And let's not be stupid. Let's keep it going. Let's not make a mistake where there's a huge blow up of COVID and then, and have the risk of being shut down. So no, kudos to you there. So since I know you and your in, intense and, and very smart business sense, your savvy business sense, the queen of the SOP, uh, if you want to call her that, like what's your background before being a DJ? Like what was your uh, schooling? What you go to college? Dude, nothing to do with SOPs in any way, shape or form, but I can tell you a funny story on this. So I actually, okay, so let's go like way back. So one of my part-time jobs, I used to be a wing house girl. <laughs> While I was a wing house girl, I was in college working part-time um, and I had an internship and, and all the things that, you know, successful college kids do whatever to build my resume, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I ended up in the ad PR program at the University of Central Florida. So I got my bachelor's degree in advertising and public relations with a minor in marketing and actually a double minor in education. And when I got out of college, I worked for the Nickelodeon Hotel. While I was there, they were kind of like, okay, go create revenue. And I'm like, what's revenue? <laughs> like, I just thought I was going to do pretty graphics and work with SpongeBob. You know what I mean? And um, I, I, needless to say, I had to learn what revenue was and selling a room night at a hotel and things like that. And um, it was, I think, like, one of the other dips in the economy and they were like okay so we're either going to eliminate your position or we've got to recreate it so like I need you to go find like I need you to go find big girl money so you know I translate that to within eight months I had created two different markets for that hotel that both and still to this day well the hotel doesn't exist but they both continually created a million dollars in revenue and so it really was through creative marketing that I did that so like, I'll give you an example. Nickelodeon Hotel is known for like SpongeBob and Nickelodeon and Family Stays, right? Well, what markets did they not go after? Well, they weren't going after like the firefighters and the military. And those are obviously like kind of, they could have come in like the off season type thing. So I created events um, that marketed towards those groups to bring them in. So Funny thing enough, that's where I learned what an SOP was because the director of catering um, was like, you know, this chick thinks she's cool bringing in like thousands of people and then isn't here on a Saturday to run this event. I'm not doing it. How is my team supposed to run this? And I was like, bro, you're in charge of that. I'm in charge of making the money and making people come. Like, that's not my job. Well, that's not how that meeting went. And he was like, I need an SOP. And I'm like, a what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that is. Um, I'm definitely going to share this podcast with him. So Robert, just so you know, I hate SOPs, but I am killer at writing them now because of you. So cheers to Robert. But they're so necessary for growth. And it's crazy because I bet you could ask like a hundred um, DJs, like if they even knew what SOP stood for and maybe what five or six would know. Like, and these are business owning DJs. And for me, yeah, I had no clue up until like five or six years ago where like I wanted to kind of look at my processes, look at what I was doing day to day, week to week, and just like, what can I, what can I delegate? Because I was a terrible delegator. And still am to this day because of the control nature of, of how I want the business to be run. So I just started writing down what I did every day. And you know, mm -hmm. like you've got your routines, your weekly routines, and all of a sudden, like, you know, just upon researching, that's when I came upon, like, I'm actually writing SOPs right here. Sloppy SOPs, and then I refine them and make them a little bit neater. But yeah, that, that's what I was doing and that's, you know, that's, but that's how you scale. That's how you hire somebody and say, okay, this is what you need to do and this is the way it's done. So kudos to you and that's, if you were wondering what an SOP is, I have a funny story that's like your SOP story. I was actually once asked to do a SWAT report for a, night, uh, for a nightclub and, and do you know what a SWAT report is? 
Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Strength, uh, strengths, weakness, opportunities, and threats. Uh, yeah, or targets and threats. Yeah, whatever that is. Uh, yeah, 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 that. And, and I had to Google what a SWAT report is to get it done. Um, but I did it, and, and, and they liked it, and then we uh, ended up. I don't like that report at all. It's it's really like if you do one for yourself, it really uh, forces you to open up and be honest, especially about the weaknesses. I don't like being honest about that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, nobody does. Yeah, and, and I mean, if anything, I mean, looking at uh, fine. I mean, cause I don't know about you guys, but looking at financial reports for this past year, year over year, and comparing everything is just, oh my god, man. <laughs> everything is thrown out the window. I feel like Alex. I I feel like I spent my first like five to six years in business just getting things on paper so I can look back to try to like forecast the rest of my life and finally I would gotten to the point where I'm like boom I know what I'm doing I have like nine years of data I got this and then now it's all out the window and nothing matters anymore that's, that's the weirdest thing because you can like um forecasts like okay this is what we're going to look like this year maybe we'll do a little better maybe we'll do a little bit worse depending on variables and things like that but then when you get hit with covid like i mean like i can't ever like have did you forecast for losing like i mean for us we lost all of our business for like three months our revenue was just deposits yeah zero <laughs> i mean like can you like i mean i'm not like the only person that didn't forecast for that and didn't even think about forecasting for that right well, okay, so this is where I'm totally a control freak because yes, I forecasted and then I forecasted and then I forecasted and I forecasted and there is uh, uh, Matt Redicelli. At some point he was like, Kristen, you got to stop forecasting. Like it's not going to, like it's not going to work like that. You know what I mean? Um, when I when I got to the end of 2020 and looked at 2021, I feel like I had enough data from 2020 to at least figure out okay can can we sustain payroll in 2021 how can i do it at what pace what do i have to cut to make sure that like we can go until at least fall where we think things are going to come sort of back to normal um so i mean i still i still tried to get my forecasting in okay so i did that as well what I actually meant was, let's say, uh, January 2020, you're looking at what you've got booked for the summer of 2020, um, the, the the spring, whatever the case may be. Like, your, your mind isn't saying, hey, there's going to be a global pandemic that shuts down your business, and I'm forecasting for this as a what if. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. So, no, I, I get that for sure. And, and luckily, you know, I am my full-time employee. Um, I don't even have an assistant anymore. So, I mean, I, it's, you know, I very much operate like Joe Bon. I've got my systems in place. I know what I do on which day. It's documented. Um, and that, that's just, a, it's, it runs like a smooth machine. Um, it does hinder growth, though. So, I mean, that's, that's always, hey, like, we're in a comfort zone. But if, if growth needs to happen, I'm going to have to hire. But I want to kind of talk about you a little bit more. And, and now, like, I totally see it, the marketing side of things, the PR side of things. You're brilliant. And that's also why you're my business crush, because it's not just the SOPs. It's the whole package. So let's talk about the formation of our DJ Rocks, which I think you've kind of already gotten into. It started with you as a solo DJ needing assistance. When did you scale? When did the demand for more kick in? And was it a fast growth, a slow growth? So I think it was probably three or four years into RDJ Rocks where we started to scale. Um, and it really, truly and honestly came out of demand where people, I would be on the phone with, with couples and they would be like, you know, I'm not available. And they would literally say, well, I want another female just like you. Not just like, can you refer me to another DJ or like, is there another female? Like, can I have another female DJ? And like, I love everything you're saying. So I want, I want all of this. So it doesn't have to be you. So I'm like, damn, like I don't have, like I literally didn't have that. And so, you know, this, the circle of friends that I was in, I was like, does anybody want to learn how to do this with me? You know, and it, it started off then, you know, just being a roadie and then it turned into, you know, oh, wait a minute, Kristen, you can actually teach people how to do this because I, I didn't know. And at the time, you know, I, I wasn't as advanced as I am now in DJing. So it was a little bit easier to teach 
someone in less amount of time per se. Um, and, you know, we focused on things like, you know, choosing music and mixing like a tiny bit, but more focusing on customer service and emceeing. Um, and then as the business grew, I was like, oh, wait a minute, this isn't enough. And so as we continued to bring on DJ after DJ, I kind of raised the standard as we kind of went along, you know what I mean? Because we, we just kept growing, you know, I, to be honest, I feel like it blew up. I don't remember. I don't remember 2014 to about 2000, maybe 18. <laughs> I, it's very difficult for me to remember. It was a whirlwind. Um, when I got to about 2018, I was like, Oh goodness. Okay. So I've got a decision to make because there is a, there's a really big difference between you know, having four DJs underneath you and then having a team underneath you. When you've got four DJs, basically all you're doing is referring what's already coming to you to three other people underneath you. Yep. I could fill a calendar without any strategy, any advertising, only doing organic stuff with just a few DJs. But now having a team of them, okay, so now I need referrals, I need advertising, I need marketing, I need to make sure they're doing what they need to do so that they can bring in their referrals. And like, now it's a whole plan. But then that got me all excited again. Because I haven't at that point in time, I, you know, I've always had a marketing plan. and I, I've always planned annual things and things like that, but not at that scale. And so that got me really excited. So I was like, Ooh, 10 page spreadsheet of like marketing stuff and plans and things like that. And so, you know, I was super passionate about that for a while. And then I was like, okay, crap. Now the amount of leads that I'm bringing in, I don't have enough DJs to fill them. Now I got to recruit. And so then I was like, well, what am I going to do when I get them here? Because I can't train the same way that I used to. And so I was like, okay, now we're going to create a training plan, you know? And so we did that. And, you know, in 2019, we at one point hired, I'd have to go back to the Facebook post, but I think I hired like 23 people at one time. Some of them were photo booth attendants. Some of them were DJs. And that sounds like a crazy number, but in my mind, I kind of didn't know a hundred percent. I knew that I would make more I didn't know everything and I knew I would make mistakes, right? And so I knew right off the bat that out of those people, that 10 of them would end up being interested in actually being a DJ. And maybe out of those 10, five would actually go into my training program. Then once you got into my training program, I was going to be lucky if I got two or three. Okay. That's Just because like you and I and every DJ watching knows what it takes to actually be a DJ. A lot of people, I think, just look at what we do and they're like, ooh, fun, music. I want to do that. Yeah, I mean, they see people on a festival stage with 100,000 people on it and they think that's what that is. It's fun. It's rewarding. You and I both know that. It's, it's lucrative if you do it right. But, I mean, when you're talking about giving up most of your Saturdays, um, especially when the weather is nicer, whether that's summer or the fall and winter, perhaps in Florida, I'd say, you know, it's, 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 you know, it's being a slave to your crowd, which again, it's what you are, but it's super rewarding when you get in tune with them and you do the right thing. And then, you know, everybody starts referring you and then you become a rock star more or less in your own world and you could grow from there for sure. And then it's organic growth, just like everybody that's on stage at a festival that hasn't paid for Instagram fans and uh, SoundCloud listens. But again, like you know, for sure, that's what they see. They see the they see the result. They don't see the work that goes into the result. And there is definitely a lot more work that goes into being a wedding DJ than the result. And I think, especially with that, I mean, I've even had some of my girls tell me like, I can't, I don't ever want to do weddings again. Only put me on small events and like whatever. I don't want to. There's just there's there's a lot of. I think physical and mm, I guess physical and emotional strength that is needed to do that. Have you ever had a DJ? So yeah. <laughs> what was that? I was like, so yeah. So then after that, they all came on and we ended up with about three and then we rocked for about eight months and then boom, Corona happened. Yeah. <laughs> so how big was your team as of like the, the end of 2019 going into 2020? Oh goodness. We were, 
I mean, everyone says this, and it doesn't matter what industry you are in. Every it, two thousand two thousand twenty was going to be the biggest year for anyone. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, we were probably going to hit close to maybe a thousand twelve hundred events for the whole year. Um, and my girls, my girls work a lot. So some of them, some of them work maybe a couple of events a month, but in general, there's about 10 of us and we do anywhere between 50 to 120 weddings a year a piece. That's legit. So when you, I can't do 120. This, I can't do 120 right now. I, I'm going to be, we're, I mean, I, we're, I'm more, I know my, my entire team is working our asses off this summer and, and yes. we're glad to, but our stamina isn't there either. We don't know. Like, you know. We're used to. I mean, so our, my company does, does about 600 events a year pre-pandemic, and a lot of those events were nightlife. Um, you know, a good amount of weddings as well. But yeah, yeah, it's just uh, yeah, we're going to be working our asses off this summer. 2020 is going to be a, a record year. We're probably going to be up uh, over 2020, um, 2021 compared to 2020. We're going to be up like you know what, like five or six hundred percent. But I mean, that's bullshit. Anyway, though, I kind of want to talk about like um, your your hiring into your training and your team. There's something to be said, like, I feel like you're very good as a morale leader as well, keeping your morale high among staff. So, like, burnout's a real thing, but if people feel like they're doing important work, which they are, and company morale is high, they're going to go out there and work their butts off. And, and you lead by example and work your ass off as well. Um, what, what do you do like, for morale around, your, around uh, RDJ Rocks? Everything I possibly can think of. That is, like, I will literally lose sleep worrying about my team like every single night you know I, I think first and foremost like as a leader I think that I hide well I don't think I know I hide a lot of the drama first of all like if there's business stuff going on behind the scenes and if I'm stressed out like I am the personality type that I will just go quiet and they won't hear from me <laughs> and I try to only portray the good stuff sometimes that's not good yeah. You know what I mean? But I don't ever want them to have to worry because that's my burden. I feel like that's my burden to worry. Um, you know, some of the things that I try to do, I really think about culture. And like, if this were me, I always think to myself, well, why do they choose me? Why do they choose me as their leader? And why do they choose RDJ Rocks? You know what I mean? And I think, what would I want in this situation? So, um, you know, it may not be much, but and it may not be as often as I need to, but I'll try to, you know, send them text messages on the day of their event being like, hey, Rockstar, you know, you've got such and such venue tonight. You're working with the best planner ever. Have so much fun. Send me whatever. Um, occasionally, I'll call some of them like on my bike rides in the morning and be like, how you doing? How's life? Like, um, you know, I think at the end of the day, like we all just want to make really good money enough to like live a decent life and be able to put a little bit away and enjoy the people we're surrounded by um and i and i am not at all where i would love to be with this but i just want to always try to be a pleasure to be around for them um you know one of the things that i love that we couldn't do in 2020 is our team retreat um, and it changed a little bit in 2019 and then obviously we couldn't have it in 2020, but we usually just rent like a big house and we all just get together and like just vacation for a couple days and whatever happens, happens. Yeah. Like we'll bring out the mixer, we'll bring out some wine, Tito's, White Claw, whatever is needed. And we just kind of chill and everyone loves that. So that's one of my favorite things to do with them is the DJ retreat. We always do our Christmas party at the end of the year. Um, and I think one of my favorite things too is, and, and everyone knows this about me, is our core values. And so what I try to do at our Christmas party every year is I'll reward each of the team members. Like, so we have five core values. One of them is integrity. So whoever has shown the most or shine the greatest in integrity in let's say 2021, she's gonna get that award this year. So they do get really excited about that. Um, and I think also too, like it doesn't matter if it's in personal life or in business. I really try to motivate all of us, even 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 some of us who think the same, but mostly the ones who think differently. If like we're not on the same page, I'm like, it's okay, bro. Like it's fine. But like think of where she's coming from. And I really try to motivate everyone to 
you know, if someone's having like a shit ass day, like, you know, you don't have to be the one to be like, ah, she's in a pissy mood. No, you need to be the one to be like, here's my ham. What do you need for me? Stop whatever you're doing and grab her hand, you know, because I got bad days. So I'm going to need y'all to grab my hand at some point in time, you know, so I do my best to try to create a culture that's like that to where it's like uplifting and, you know, it's kind of cool to be a part of. Yeah, for sure. So I want to just get back to, I want to talk about that a little bit more about your core values. I, the only one I got integrity. So number one is integrity. Number two is positive attitude and charisma. So my definition of that is, uh, being the fuel to other people's motivation. Uh, number three is unshakable commitment. This one's really important because in my opinion, I believe in unbreakable bonds with friends, families, and coworkers. Like I'm a ride or die type of girl. Like you're either all in or you're all out. Like I don't play no wishy-washy games, you know? Um, growth because like we don't need no mediocre and we value moments. Um, you'll hear me talk about that a lot because doesn't matter if it's professionally or personally like I really try to be like in whatever moment I'm in and get rid of all distractions to just create moments in that time you know absolutely I love those and like one of my favorites I'm going to go with an act it's my favorites because it's so it's one of mine as well as growth um, and that's actually like mine is actually personal development, but it's the same thing. I believe if somebody's willing to develop themselves per- personally and professionally, it means growth for themselves and the company. Yeah, and I think growth doesn't always have to be at one point in time. I think, you know, for me, growth was some sort of number tied to it. And and I think that there is it doesn't always have to be that way. Mm-hmm. You know, I think in the last 365 days, I have grown more on the inside that didn't have anything to do with a spreadsheet or numbers than I ever have in my whole life, whether that was relationships or just understanding someone else's point of view or, you know, a different level of loving life or, you know, whatever, like, but it's just continuing to move forward and push the envelope if you can and go. This wine's hitting me. Can you tell? Well, yeah, it's actually, it's hitting me too. And I'm a, we're not going to end this podcast till we both have purple teeth. But I want to talk about relationships because you just go, go, go. You're a hustler. Do you have time for personal relationships? You are married, right? Yes, I am. Yep. Very nice. Okay. So no, I don't have time for any of them. (laughs) None. But I have to make time. You know what I mean? Like you reap what you sow. So like here, my vision board is literally right here. I make one every year. And this year it was so simple. This is all it is right? There's like six, six pictures or whatever. One of them is marriage. So like Mark and I, even if it's just a few minutes a day, like, um, we, we started a garden and so, you know, we'll pour a glass of wine, dinner is done. We'll sit out there and it's, if, even if it's just 15 minutes and even if we say nothing at all, cause sometimes he's the best nothing at all person that I can enjoy my time with, you know? Um, we've got dad living with us right now because as you know, um, he has advanced heart failure. And so, you know, even if it's, I'm exhausted because I'm up at 7am and I'm go, go, go. And then I got my 15 minutes with Mark and then, you know, whatever. And then dad took a shower and then I, I just get five minutes and I just sit there and I'm like, how was your day? And I, I think the most important part about any of that, whether it's a phone call you take with a client or you know, if you get a text message from a colleague or if a family member calls, if you delete the distractions or at least put up a wall and just be in the moment, you can make time for all of it. You can make time for what's important. Uh, 100%. And do you have kids with Mark? I am a stepmom. Yes, I am. Very nice. So we're planning family vacation right now because obviously like they have their own lives. My youngest stepdaughter is uh, 15, and so we're planning to do a little RV trip with her, her best friend, me, Mark, and then dad and dad's best friend. So we're going to go up to um, probably, I think it's called Homosassa. It's like on a little river and just hang out and chill for like a week. Nice. Is that in Florida? Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, like, so since you're in Orlando or, or near Orlando, like, I mean, are you guys Disney fanatics or are you just over it? I am not at all a theme park person. (laughs) 
Were you born in Orlando? I am the Orlando? worst. I'm the worst flirting. I've literally lived in Orlando my whole life. Wow. Okay. My whole life. And I, I, you know, maybe it's because I've been here my whole life, but I hate, I don't want to wait in line for an hour for like three minutes. Yeah. I can't do it. Time is I can't do bad. it. What I, I, I do enjoy going to Halloween Horror Nights with like a group of friends. I love that. Um, I, when Harry Potter, is it Harry Potter World at Universal? I enjoyed doing that. Um, but like, I'm not, we're not going on a small world anymore. I'm done with that. <laughs> oh man, hearing that over. I need like, I need big girl rides. I had a college roommate that interned at Disney World and he loved it so much that he would play It's a Small World in our apartment over and over and over again. And yeah, dude, talk about a special type of psychosis. I couldn't handle it. It's just not my thing. No. And your oldest, how old is, are they? So she's 18. She's a senior in high school right now. Um, she actually, Little Miss Independent, okay. moved out in December, but it like doesn't even count because she moved in with my husband's mom. <laughs> so like that doesn't even count, but like you go girl, you know? So um, yeah, she got her own car. She moved out. So she's starting to learn all the independent things and hopefully the girls are learning, you know, a little bit of from their stepmom of like, you know, what an independent life could look like. Yeah, I think you're definitely a positive role model. How old were they when you, like, I don't know what the proper term is acquired or when, when did you become a stepmom in their lives? How old were they? Really early. So they were, I think three and five okay. in the very beginning. Yep. Wow. It's impressive. Good, good for you. And now they're as old as they are. I can't, it doesn't even feel real. Cause I feel like I was like, if we rewind, what was that? 10, 12 years ago. Like I'm, I haven't aged in 12 years just so we're all clear, <laughs> but like they have. So I don't know what's going on. It's uh, yeah. Time has paused for you, but it's moved forward really fast for them. Correct. Yeah. And don't worry, that'll happen with your little one too. Oh, I know it's happening every single day, man. She's doing something new. Yeah. You better you better soak up those bedtime stories and blow uh, blow drying that hair because it ain't gonna last long. <laughs> I still need to learn how to style her hair. I'm the worst, just ponytails all day. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, just talking about now, let's let's kind of look into like we the future for our DJ rocks. But let's look into the immediate future. Um, by the time this airs, it's gonna be right after Midwest DJs Live. Everybody is praising that conference, and I'm like, just like, totally have FOMO. Um, are you speaking there? Yes, I am, and I could not even be more freaking excited. So my topic is making it rain leads, which I feel like I have. I literally live my life to do that because you know, as I talked about before, you know, it's easy filling a calendar for a couple of people, but not a whole team. But in addition, we're coming out of a pandemic where like, even if you've got a couple people on your team, or even if you're a solo op, like you've got to fill the funnel. Like we all need, we need gigs as many as we can possibly get. So, um, by making it rain leads is basically talking about like how to fill your funnel, how to nurture those people who have connected with you, make them fall in love. Obviously like, you know, for, for your real self, don't trick them. Um, and then how to obviously convert them into events because at the end of the day, all of us just want to continue to do what we love, but like we have to make money doing it, so. Wow, that's a fantastic, uh, fantastic uh, speech presentation there. Um, and Midwest DJs Live, I, I, I hopefully they put up content afterward. I feel like I should plug them. Mitch is, Mitch is a big part of that. Uh, Mitch Taylor, Taylor Productions in Michigan. Um, who else is involved with that? Is it just Mitch? Um, so Mitch Taylor's running it. Um, I, I actually don't know the entire board. I know, um, Vicky is helping out a lot. Their onstage DJ is Dawson High. They've got Matt Redicelli on stage. Justin Reed is doing a chat. Uh, Kristen Cole is doing a social media chat. And maybe that's all I can memorize right this second. That's, that's, that's a strong enough lineup again. It's, it's just like major FOMO for me. Again, we, Kristen and I, Kristen, my Kristen, um, not married, but you know, potentially soon. Um, yeah, we just share parenting responsibilities, even though we're together. She works a crazy schedule, and we just couldn't make it happen. But 2022, hopefully, um, and then maybe I'll be on. There you go, Mitch. 
<laughs> maybe we could do a Sipsonish podcast live. So going into like um, they are like again, hopefully that's you know look it up. Hopefully they've got some content that they're going to share after this after the after the conference because it would definitely be great. You've got some really really great people. Dawson High is is a rock star and like I love him. I want to ha- like I'm thinking about ways to have him on the podcast but not have drinking. Uh, maybe it's him and his dad. His dad gets to drink and uh, Dawson doesn't. Dawson's 17 years old now, right? It's, well, he's 15. 15. He's 15, and in about 30 days, he'll be 16, but don't say 16 because you'll upset him. So he's 15 right now. Is he sensitive about his age? He doesn't want to get older? <laughs> yeah, I think he is. <laughs> I'm, I'll text him right after this and bust his ass for it. You should. You should pick on him a little bit because I was in a podcast a couple weeks ago, and I had mentioned him, and I was like, you know, he's 16. And literally, he texted me, and he's like, bro, I'm not 16. And I'm like, but by the time the podcast launches, you're going to be 16, and then it'll be out of date. <laughs> and you're actually bringing him in on occasion to do Sweet 16s, right? Yeah, so he came into Orlando a couple weeks ago. He did uh, a Sweet 16. Freaking killed it, bro. Of like, he did. You know, blows me away. And I think... <sighs> I've just gotten so much more excited about what we do in this industry. And... and you know, I think the pandemic, because it has blown away the boundaries of distance of people, we've all gotten really close because of the digital world um, that like people like him and people like you and, you know, people that like maybe we wouldn't have talked to on a regular basis. Now it is just a part of the regular conversation. It, it just, it blow it blows my mind. And it just makes me even more excited about what is about to happen once we all get out of this and start going at it again. Right. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. It definitely has drawn us closer. I mean, that, I'll take Zoom meetings 100% any day of the week over face-to-face, um, with especially with clients. Like you talk about the time driving and it's just so much yeah. easier, so much more convenient. And you can still make that face-to-face connection, build some rapport. Now, I want to talk a little bit more about RDJ Rocks and our photo booth rocks. RDJ Rocks in particular is an all-female company. And, I mean, it's you've got a gr- great group of women working for you. And I think that's that's a great niche. And you've been able to scale it and grow it. And it's it's a thing. Does you feel like that limits you at all? You know, I think that I have carved out an area of demand that um, is admirable, to be honest. Yeah. You, and and I'm really proud of it. I will say I'm, I'm very proud because I can't tell you how many events and weddings that I have not been chosen on when I was a part of another team because I am female. And so I think that what I have figured out is a way to position us to where, again, you know, kind of going back to the beginning of our conversation, um, it, it's it's in the branding and the marketing, right? Like it's not even a conversation of it, it's brains first. You know what I mean? Like we can run a wedding, we can do it. No, I don't need your help, but yeah, will you help me with the speaker <laughs> type thing? Um, that's fine, but like no, don't help me. I mean, I have um, things, so it's all good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and I think with it, we've earned the respect. You know, it, is there something missing in the market? I do feel it and I'm working on it and I don't know what that looks like yet. Um, But I also am very, as much as I am an advocate for females because I was in that position and I didn't get the opportunity that I felt like I deserved. So I was like, screw it. I'm going to make my own road then. I don't need anybody, you know. Um, I think that there are other opportunities to continue to do that as I continue to build on whatever the next evolution of RDJ Rocks looks like. Sure, sure. Now, do your girls, when you bring in somebody like Dawson or um, who's who's just in his own little – I mean, he's an amazing talent, like an incredible talent. For It's like – again, like maybe compare his age as a talent compared to like being a female as a talent. Like it's not like – Okay, it doesn't matter whether you're female. It doesn't matter whether matter whether you're 15. If you're a fucking talent, you're gonna crush it, and you want to put it out there. And it's the same thing, really, when you think about it. But I, but you have brought out Dawson, and you have brought out uh, Drew Pierce for video events where you haven't maybe had the resources to cover that. So that is that something somewhere where you're looking for the future? 
Yeah, I mean, we have places where you Alex, can elevate. Our client base is so wide. And, you know, if someone is coming to us and they've got a specific need, um, the resources that I have, you know, Drew Pierce was, uh, he's a fantastic video DJ. Like, he knows everything about it. He's got what he needs. Like, he'll kill it. So, for that particular event, the client needed something specific. So, like, there's no other option. Drew's coming in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Drew, you available? Cool. Flying you in. Let's go. You know? Um, so I do want to be able to bring to life whatever it is the client is looking for. And so I think that is where if if I only have this specific team that only does this specific thing, then, I mean, it does limit us. Yeah, I can see that. And your girls are like cool with the vision. Like when you bring in somebody like Dawson or Drew, or like are they fan? Are they like just fans of of the, these guys? You know, I think they're supportive of all of it. You know, I think most important to them is making sure that no matter what, we continue to move forward and do business with people who are like us, who believe in the same things that us, who share the same core values. And I think as long as we continue forward with that, everyone's going to be on board with this. I believe that as well. So now, I guess like I'm just gonna ask you, what's next for Kristen Wilson? What's next for our DJ Rocks, our photo booth Rocks? Anything like even in the short term, like anything exciting you're working on? The world is my oyster. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, for the very first time in my life, I don't have a seven-page spreadsheet of everything that's coming. Um, I am really. I'm just trying to soak it all in. I'm in a really good place, you know, um, as ho as horrible as it was to, to lose and postpone as many events that we did, it opened up so much white space on my calendar. Um, and even in my life to kind of look and be like, okay, where, 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 what's my why? Where is my passion? Where do I want to move forward? Does the money really matter? No, it doesn't. Because at the end of the day, that can be wiped off your calendar in a matter of minutes. So what do I want to spend every day and every month working on? And, you know, I, I'm saying yes to the things that make me excited and I'm saying no to the things that don't. So honestly, I hate to say it, but we'll see. So the power of saying no is just like so important. Like being able to say no, having the confidence to say no. And it's also having the, um, I guess, financial security to say no, because I definitely early on in your career, you're just saying yes, 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 yes. Oh, yeah, I had to say yes. I mean, I had I had a mortgage, so like, right, it is, yeah, I mean, yeah. I still have the mortgage, but like, you know, it's different now. So, you know who actually inspired me a couple of weeks ago was Jason Clock, and he always inspires me. He's a go-getter just like you, but he posted something about 2020 has allowed us to kind of reshape our vision reshape our business and the vision that we want it to be whereas yeah. like i mean like once you get a business and you're going and then the revenue comes in you've got clients bigger clients especially to a certain extent they kind of shape your business and that's not necessarily a negative but you right now are and all of us in this in our positions have the ability to reshape our business and our vision so that's definitely a positive you're literally speaking my language right now who was it george George Lopez said last summer, um, he said, at this point in time, we all have the ability to build the business we want, not the business that we had. And I tell you what, as grateful as, as I mean, I, I could kiss the ground that I walked on for the business that I had, that there was no turning back because that train was going, that, that train wasn't stopping. It was only going up, you know? Um, and so now I have been given the gift of time to look and be like, okay, what is it that I really actually do want? Um, and I think that's gonna take a little bit of time because I, I still wanna make sure that I'm doing everything that I love every single day. Of course. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm especially grateful for it as well. Again, like I'll never have any regrets about the business that we had, that we had as Mint DJ events prior to the pandemic. But again, like it's, you know, we've got, you know, some turnover just that naturally happened. We've got some new people that are coming on board that I'm excited about and, and new opportunities. So definitely, definitely grateful for that. Last question, and when we'll get some plugs in for you. As somebody that's very highly productive, 
I want to know some secret weapons, like whether there's pieces of software or tips just in general in terms of mindset or both. So it depends on what season of life I'm in. Um, I will tell you right now my season of life is on the go 100% of the time. So like I might be sitting in my home office. I might be at my warehouse office. I might be sitting in the ER room for 24 hours. And so um, for me, I have a set list of like, okay, these are the things I know that I want to get done like this month or like this quarter. And so my um, office laptop, I just use like a notepad and I, it's literally sitting to my right over here and it's like to do now waiting do when the fuck ever yeah. <laughs> that's like that's literally my list right now um kristen like in the past like i'm like i would you are say sticky notes that like kind of are on your desktop of your computer yeah like i literally have digital sticky notes that are on my desktop sorry to interrupt there um uh kristen in the past uh i do everything from uh I mean, you talk about like a highly organized Gmail, like I'll snooze emails if I can't, there's only five emails sitting in my inbox right now. So like there is nothing quote unquote to do. It's either snoozed until later because it's not getting done right now, or I'll add it as a task, um, or I'll flag it and move it to a folder. So like, for example, if a photographer sends me pictures from a wedding, I don't need to download those right now, but I know that when I time block to like schedule the Instagram post, I need to go to that folder. So like I'll, um, I label my folders in Gmail to where I have priority folders and things like that. Um, if it's something that I need to time block on my schedule. So for example, if, if, if I'm writing an article, if I need to schedule blog posts, if I need to write an e-blast or schedule social media, like Wednesday and Thursday mornings are the best like brain time for me. So I'll literally put that in my DJ event planner, like unavailable from 10 to 11 AM. Yep. Cause as soon as I get done with my workout and I eat my breakfast, I sit down and I have no interruptions. My brain is fresh and like, I'm happy and nothing negative has hit me for the day. <laughs> yeah, no, 100%. And I, I should say that if Troy and Charlene are listening to this, Troy Ackerman and Charlene um, from DJ event planner, they should put you on payroll if they haven't already. I am a retired DJ event planner user. I was a DJ event planner user for nine years and I gave up just because of the interface. And I know you sing its praises and it, but it's whatever works for you, but you use yeah. it to its full extent, everything from inventory to sales meetings and appointments, like you're all in, right? Uh, I'm, I'm 150% in, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if there's one thing I don't use it for, to be honest. They need to and I'm running them. two brands out of it. See, I respect you so much, and, and like, even now, like when I see how you use it, I consider going back. But had I known you like I know you now before I le left, I probably would have stayed. Maybe. But I also think that I, I probably needed a clean slate. But enough about me, though. Um, also, any kind of like, and any iPhone apps that are just like, uh, like, what do you use for social media scheduling? Because you're. Uh, okay, so I use Later for social media. Okay. Um, that is my favorite planning app. Um, I use Canva is like life changer. You are so like, Canva, like just, just as good as you are with DJ event planner. You're just as good as Canva. Literally like I'm a freak when it comes to Canva. Um, I, I love Lightroom. Okay. So, um, I always love, I really, it's very difficult for me to control the look and feel of the RDJ rock speed because I don't get to control those images. And because they are from photographers, I don't want to touch their editing because I believe in art. So like I am, I, I, I can name a few people who are probably going to hate me for saying this, but like the RDJ rock speed is not going to look pretty, but it's going to feel amazing because it's just going to give emotion. So I try to choose images that give that, but the meet Kristen page is a little bit of like, there's Kristen, there's DJing, there's personal life. Like it's a little bit of everything. So, um, I, I downloaded some presets and I use the Lightroom app for that. I love that one. Um, I think those are my favorite. Cool. Very good. That's, I feel like that's, that could be super helpful for people who are trying to like delegate their time or find apps to make their lives a little bit easier. I'm actually an overuser, which is the same thing as Canva, literally the same thing. I just like, yes. yep. 
I, I'm just a bigger fan of that. Um, yeah, so, and you want to talk about social media, like, in terms of use, in terms of, like, what people say you should do for social media in terms of your feed, having, like, the same visual feel, and whether, if you're using Lightroom, use the same preset on all the photos, which, again, like, for Mint DJ events, when you're getting handed or you're seeking out photos from photographers you're working with, it is an art, and they've already edited it, and they look great. So, yeah, I mean, as much as I would like things to have this pretty visual feel and, like, whether something's dark or something's light and airy, whatever the case may be, like, yeah, you just can't. And so, like, you try to keep consistency. But for social media and the feed, and I've done this professionally for venues, I think authenticity is the most important thing. So, like, there's a bar here at Penn State, Lion's Den. Chris Rosengram is the owner. He's a fantastic guy. He's so rough around the edges with social media in a business where you're trying to draw young females. But his social media is so real and so him, it actually sets the vibe for the whole bar and I think it's dope. It's not pretty by any means and it's kind of goofy to, in some in some ways, but he crushes it because it's real. I agree. I think authenticity will trump aesthetics any day. However, I do think I do think that at a certain level, like your feed does need to look professional. Well, especially in our, our business. Yeah. I mean, like even, and, and when I say professional, like there is a way, like, even if someone is just getting started and they're listening to this podcast and they're like, I have no contacts. No one has sent me contacts, bro. What phone are you using? Cause like it's 2021. <laughs> Every smartphone can take a really good picture. You just got to Google a couple of YouTube videos to know how to take a good picture. You know, use Lightroom. It's free. Put a filter on it. You can make it pretty. And like, if all else fails, take a lot of pictures. Just take a, take a ton and you're going to find one or two that are going to be good. Yeah. Yeah. But try, of course. But we are in the pretty business. We are in the business of like a very emotional connection. And when people can make an an emotional connection with your marketing pieces, they're going to have trust in your brand before you potentially even have a chance to speak to them and and potentially become a fan of your brand before you even have a chance to speak with them. And I think that's one of the huge ways that you win business, whether it's, again, you're, you're, you know, you're out there, you're putting advertisements out there, you're all about getting the leads. But once those leads catch you and spy on you and do their homework, I feel like they're probably sold to a large extent. I mean, that's the goal. Th- that should be the goal. So when someone's looking at their social media, like, don't just randomly post, like, post something that, you know, has emotion to it. Or like, if I was someone looking at this, could I picture myself in this moment? Or, you know, things like that. I think the other thing that a lot of people miss the mark on, um, and even, you know, we did at RDJ Rocks for a little while is, you know, you get to the point where you're sitting there and you're scheduling and you're like, oh, I don't have time to tag all the vendors and look up and see who all the vendors were on this wedding. Well, that's a big mistake. You should take the extra three to five minutes and tag every single vendor that was a part of that wedding because, you know, you're also missing the opportunity of vendor referrals, right? We're all, we're all in this as a team. And so every time we go out, you know, if RDJ rocks is posting and tagging, you know, the florist and the photo booth company, which we are one, so we never get tagged. So I know how it feels, you know, um, it's, it's all about top of mind, you know, when it's time for, let's say that hair and makeup company, when they're the first on the list and maybe they haven't hired a photo booth company yet, who are they going to think of the one that just tagged them on social media? Well, and also like, it's called social media. That's, that's the social part of social media. Talk to people, not at people. Correct. Yep. Yeah, and it's, that's that's the big piece of it is is you know tag people, take the time, um, put in the work because it's going to reciprocate. People are going to share that, and then people are going to people potentially have a photographer book. They're going to see that shared from you. Click on you. Yeah, I mean, you know how it works. I don't have to explain it. But yeah, that's 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 the key is is tag the people you work with, share the love with the people you work with. Sharing is caring, people. Right. Sharing right. is caring. Lastly, let's tell people. I think I said lastly twenty minutes ago. But this has been so awesome. Thank you so much. Tell people where they can find you. Honestly, guys, at meet Kristen on Instagram. Everything is there. That's where I put my focus. Send me a DM, link in bio, all the things. M E E T K R I S T I N. Absolutely. And I'm hopefully everybody here follows you already. If if they don't, please follow Kristen because she's 
just brilliant and you're going to get so much from knowing her and dj is here's a little cheat sheet kristen i can edit this out if you want me to if you want to see how an amazing email drip campaign works go to rdjrocks.com right mm-hmm. sign up you're gonna get a little pop-up the second you visit that site and over the next what is it maybe two months three months you're gonna just get like no hard sell whatsoever i don't i don't even think there's any selling at all there's zero it's just information how we can make this fun here's something for free here's a spotify playlist and here's here's recessional playlists for your ceremony whether they book you or not you are the expert amen yeah amen so that's all i'm gonna all i'm gonna say kristen thank you so much Appreciate you. Have Thank a great you so much for having me. Yeah. So much fun. My pleasure. And have a great time at Midwest DJs Live. Thanks, boo. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you so much.